Under the Dome Radio, the Season 3 Preview Roundtable, recorded June 10th, 2015. Welcome back to Under the Dome Radio. Wayne Henderson with you. This is Episode 50. Troy and I are getting ready for Season 3 of Under the Dome, and it is going to be wild and we've got this special round table discussion with a lot of other under the dome podcasters and we're all talking about our fondest and not so fondest memories from season two and what we're hoping to see in season three you can find our show notes at under the dome radio.com slash 50 and what else do you want to share with everybody troy i'm just glad to hear you back again wayne it's been a long 39 weeks since we last got together so It'll be an interesting season for season three, I am sure. I know people have seen the extended trailer, the shorter trailer. We're already poking fun at it with Big Jim saying there's nothing good on television anyway and shooting the TV. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of excited. You know, it it can't get any worse than season two. And we don't mean worse as in bad. It was just bad in the sense that none of the storylines actually connected. And we talk a lot about that on the upcoming roundtable that you'll hear in just a bit. So I'm just really hoping for a fresh start, clean writers, uh, coherent scripts, and I think that we should see a, a much improved season three over season two. Absolutely. And it's going to be great chatting with you every week, Troy. Being back, Sir Wayne, Sir Troy, we didn't give ourselves those names. We wouldn't do something that wacky, but it, it's great to be back. More under the dome discussions. It's It's just going to be fun, and I am ready for some fun this summer. Yeah, and I think we should just call out, too, that if you aren't aware, the show is coming back on Thursday nights, not Monday nights. It moves to Thursday right. at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. And of course, we will try to put out the podcast quickly thereafter. We're not sure yet because that is close to the weekend if we're going to do a Thursday night recording right after, a Friday night recording or a Saturday morning or whatever. So just uh, stay tuned to the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at UTD Radio Podcast. And we'll make sure to let you know when we're recording and if we're even going to do some video this year, possibly. Absolutely. And I've got nothing else until I see that first episode of season three, other than the goodness that just happened in the roundtable. Yes. So with that, let's transition right over there. Uh, we introduce you to Mr. Aaron Peterson. He's from the Hollywood Outsider podcast, and he will be moderating all eight of us under the dome podcasters. It's crazy. It's like our own little community, like we're all trapped inside of a webcam or microphone. Well, how's everybody doing? Greetings, residents of Chester's Mill. We have an exciting hour or so planned for you today from our esteemed council members on our season three preview panel today. My name is uh, Aaron Peterson. I will be the moderator for this evening. I can be found at thehollywoodoutsider.com, not talking about Under the Dome at all. And with me today are the ones who should be running Chester's Mill instead of Big Jim or Julia or... Hey, who's running things this week? Not oh, Christ, it doesn't matter. To hell with it. Representing the Under the Dome Radio podcast this evening, Sir Troy and Sir Wayne are in the house. How are things going, guys? Going well. Hola, como esta? <laughs> it's going to be bilingual this year. Thanks, on thanks for the Spanish lesson. We appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I, I'm here to help. We are doing well, right, Sir Troy? Absolutely, Sir Wayne. Glad to be with everybody. And I guess we have to add a foreign language teacher instead of a science teacher for season three. <laughs> Someone else for Big Jim to whack with a hammer. Oh, that was so harsh. Ouch. Yeah. It's so angry. Uh, on the other side of town, yet still owned by Big Jim Media Group, we have the reporters from the Chester's Mill Gazette. Doug and Karen, what's new with you guys? 
No. We're having a great time here, man. Oh, wow. I can hardly wait to start this uh, this new season, frankly. What is the right. name, Frank? Anyway. Is that a and, new character? Uh, we're going to be trilingual. Um, and since we're <laughs> a newspaper, we're going to have Braille and sign language. So for oh, those I that can, listen to our podcast, we're going to have both of those. <laughs> that doesn't work real well in the podcast. but uh, It's you know, going to be perfect. Just wait. I, I can do a little German, you know. I. That's the best okay. I got. Are you trying uh, to separate yourself from your competition here? That's by right. Introducing audio Real? sign language? That's right. <laughs> well, to the north, hiding in the woods with Sam, but spying on everyone better than Andrea ever could. Mark from the Under the Dome podcast on Solo Talk Media. Bonjour. Gilbert, that's season three when it starts. Ooh, <laughs> look at happen? that. And with that, the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Was that French? Yeah. That was French. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wow. Oui. So yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to season three. I, I know it's the the show is crazy, it's weird, but I have so much fun talking about it, just ripping it apart and having a great time. So I can't wait for season three to start. Oh, I can't wait for more butterflies. New to the panel this year, reporting live from the now deserted Chumley's Cuts and Trims, and let's not forget Raptures and Stabbings. The Chester's Mill Report, welcome Rob, Martha, and Olivia. Hey. Or is it just Rob and Olivia? That's a good question. Is Martha with us today? (laughs) (laughs) Did she fall down a cavern? I'm not sure. She might be lost lost (laughs) in in the cavern. Okay. And Rob, are you there, Rob? Oh, I think Rob, he went into the light. I don't know what happened to Rob. Yes. Yep. Uh, well, if if she comes back, then we'll we'll reintroduce Rob. Hopefully, he's still there, and maybe he's not. Maybe he's hanging with Julia somewhere. I don't know. Let's uh, let's kick this off with an easy one. After season two, are you guys all still coming back to do your podcast in season three? <laughs> Mark, as Doug coughs. I <laughs> <laughs> yes, didn't mute that. Coming back. Under the Dome podcast will be there front and center. What about everybody else? Troy, Wayne? You bet. You come back? Well, everybody's on. It's Doug's off positive about that. I, I need to just have some talks just to make sure. Yeah. Yes, now we're coming out with a, a new volume of the Chester's Mill Gazette. Uh, we're getting the, uh, getting the printing presses all uh, wired up here. Yep, that's right. Okay, so everybody's coming back. Why? Olivia, why are you coming yeah. back? I mean, did you watch season two? I did. Yeah, we we did podcasts all throughout. And I actually uh, was doing reviews for it for the formerly show rating (laughs) that we just switched over to tvbinges.com. So I got the dual pleasure of writing about it on a weekly basis and podcasting about it. That's a lot. Yeah. So I'm kind of knocking down one of those to just doing the podcast about it. So I'm I'm still very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is any... Okay, here's what I want to ask. This is an important question. I want to ask why... Are any of you still as pumped about this show this season as you were last season? Raise your hands. I'll say that I'm uh, op- cautiously optimistic. I think at the very end of, of uh, season two, they looked like they were open up things, you know, really, really blow the whole plot line, you know, out away from and, uh, some of the uh, interpersonal things were a little tedious uh, in my estimation. I mean, it's good to have character development, and I like to have character development, but I just think some of it was rushed uh, for 
because they had uh, the, the short season. But and then we finally got into some more of the uh, the myth arc. But I, I especially with that um, that trailer that we see, the extended season three trailer, I do have uh, higher hopes. I wouldn't say they're high. I just say we're more so than season two. Yeah, I agree. It, it got really mushy. The more things they added to it, the more mushy it got. If that makes sense. That's an interesting word. What? Why did you come up with mushy? Just sappy? No, not not that kind of thing. That's what I think with mushy. Storylines getting all mushed up. Oh yeah. Where like um, they didn't get stretched out. You know what? Um, we didn't get to see a lot of development. It just all got mushed together in an hour. Uh, and to me, that doesn't make for a fantastic program. It makes for sometimes an entertaining program, but not like a really great program. And uh, it was like hit and miss last season. And I think what they did is they made it open to uh, start kind of fresh the way they did. Uh, there are a few threads hanging that they need to go back to and sew up. But um Otherwise, you know, there's just this, you know, is the dome open? Is it not? Is, you know, Melanie really back? Uh, you know, there's definite concrete dead people, concrete alive people. Uh, but otherwise, you know, they're free to kind of go in whatever direction they want. So, Well, speaking of ups and downs, let's let's just get into the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, in terms of last season or from the show itself so far. I would say probably second season is probably what most people are focused on since it's so recent. What were your favorite moments, Troy? Um, favorite moments would be the first episode because it was written by Mr. King himself. And I think mm -hmm. that was really something that was the big highlight <laughs> of the season because it started out so good and we got the apparitions and we got the Doty, you know, poking her chest and uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was a good seat was a good scene. And then for some reason, the farther we got away from uh, Neil, uh, not Neil Bear, the farther we got away from Brian uh, K. Vaughn's writing and story, I think is why it just kept going downhill fast. And so hopefully. Well, save, save the least favorite moments. You don't want to talk about those yet. Just what, what made you smile? Something made you smile. You uh, wouldn't be coming back this year. Yeah. Esquivel getting squished by the car. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because she was great on Secrets and Lies. That was and really that, violent. Yeah, She was good on that show. Yeah, that first episode of season two, not just because it was written by Stephen King, even if I had not known who wrote that episode, it was definitely the highlight of the whole season. That episode was a perfect 10, and I was so jazzed up for the entire rest of the season, but then, you know, other things happened. But uh, I, I would say I am just as jazzed about season three as I was for season two for the most part. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But no matter what, uh, the listeners have spoken. They want to hear all of us talk about the show, whether it's off the rails or if it's to be taken seriously. They want to hear us talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do. Do you think it's to be taken seriously? I'm not even sure at this point. There you have it. it we're <laughs> unsure. That's uh, the beauty of the show. Uh, Rob, you're here now? I am. In fact, uh, my camera is working now too. This is like uh, all magic right now. <laughs> well, what about uh, what about you? What did you think were your favorite moments from season or from the, sh the show itself or season two? 
Well, the show itself, I think all my favorite moments are going to be wrapped up in the first season. Uh, that that second season, man, was like having a stroke week after week after week. Uh, when we got when we look at the first season, though, th- there was just a lot of fun. All the big gym stuff, the junior stuff, it was fantastic. I, I think the moment that sticks with me, though, when when I think about like the first thing that comes to mind was actually the scene in the barn when all four put their hands on the 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 egg or whatever we're calling it at this the little mini dome and uh it, it's just one of those images that really stuck with me i still can't figure out though how did they paint all the stars in that room do you remember that how they, they yes. got, i mean it makes no sense to me <laughs> well now you're, you're going, going back Going back to least favorite. We'll talk about least in a second. There's going to be more favorite. favorite though. I, <laughs> the, the negative is the good here. That's that's good in a bad way. I think I don't, I don't know which way to look at that. Uh, Olivia, do you know what? Do you, what's your favorite? Do you right. I think of the series. Just talking about uh, Barbie and Julia's relationship because I I never understood why they were a couple. But the episode where the dome goes under the deep freeze in season two that was like kind of the first moment where I really kind of understood like any kind of chemistry between them. Cause when I was watching before, it just didn't make any sense because either they were never in the same room together and then they were having a fight. And I'm like, I like, why are we doing this? This like literally doesn't make any sense. That was kind of the first moment where I really kind of connected to them and it lasted like a half hour total in like the entire series. <laughs> but I think that had to be my favorite moment. Mark. I think Rebecca. Her, oh, favorite. Sorry, favorite. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stopped my heart there. <laughs> um, actually, to be honest, I, I really liked um, Dwight Yoakam's portrayal of Wild. Oh Trump. yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of all the characters, I mean, the acting on the show isn't the greatest, but I thought he did a very good job of that character. And uh, so if I'm going to pick something out of season two, it, it was Dwight Yoakam. I, I enjoyed his, the addition of him to the cast. All right, Allie. Karen. Karen. <laughs> what did I say? That's my nickname. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I like Dwight Yoakam, too. I thought he was really fun in that menacing sort of Stephen Kingy sort of way. Stephen Kingy sort well, of. Well, you know how he is. I mean, how he was in the, he was menacing, but it was like quirky, a little quirky. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it, quirky. Um and I also really liked Melanie. Mm. So. White light Melanie? No. The the uh ingenue <laughs> Melanie. Monotone <laughs> Melanie. Monotone Melanie. No, I kind of liked her as as one of the four hands. Aw. So. That's it. Okay, Doug? I think my favorite part of season two was them getting out of the dome. Uh, it, it really uh, it moved forward the, the myth arc uh, plot line there. I really enjoyed that. I like to see what's going on outside the dome. Uh, because we got a little bit of that in the first season where they talked about maybe China was thinking the U.S. was building this impenetrable thing and that it was there was some geopolitical, you know, stuff going on that we really didn't know about. And, but they kept that kind of at a distance. That was good, kind of a mysterious what is really going on. But now we find out uh, a little more about what's happening uh, when they go back to Zenith. So I, uh, I, I like that uh, that whole you know few episodes about uh, getting those kinds of answers. 
But okay, we've, when they're outside of the dome, remember, we have to go back, Doug. We have to go back. <laughs> we have to go back. <laughs> okay, Wait, before... I lost that reference. Oh, man, that's terrible. I know, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Before we go to lo- the least favorite, which everybody seems to really want to talk about, I, I want to see if anybody can answer me this question. As a non-dedicated viewer, like the, all of you are, I don't watch it religiously as you do. And I, but I did read the book as a big fan. I have watched it on the show, and I want to know: Can anybody actually tell me specifically what the dome is? And can you answer it and not giggle? Anyone? Plexiglass. Plexiglass. Nobody's got an answer. My Nobody crack, ever. My crackpot theory hasn't been disproven, so I'm still saying giant's contact lens. All right. Okay. I think it's transparent aluminum. Oh. Okay. Well, I, and I'm giggling. I'm sorry. If, <laughs> that was a Star going, Trek reference. Yeah, Does no one get that? Oh, yeah, no computer. Okay. Mm. All right. I, so no, I actually oh. think it's more of a force field. I mean, it's it's got shape to it, but I think it's got something. I think it's more of a force field, and I think whatever that egg was was generating that outward. And when that went away, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of alien crap this year. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. Three thumbs up for alien crap. Yeah. I mean, Falling Skies is going to be over this year, so you might as well transfer all that stuff over to to Under the Dome. Maybe they could skip the budget over there, too. That'd be great. Maybe we could get Doug Jones on here. That'd be awesome. Ooh, Doug Jones. (laughs) I like it. All right. Well, instead of going down the line, uh, you guys seem to love to converse about this. Talk about whatever this was that was season two. What were your least favorite moments from season two? Anything involving Junior. <laughs> I am just not. I am just not sold on that character. He is not only manic, but his um, his motivations shift so easily from one week to the next that it just. I don't know. I just. I, it, what, what's this guy doing? I can't follow him. Uh, I understand his motivation one week, but it switches, and I can understand that. But I don't know how we got from point A to point L. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> topic for us, and also Rebecca. Just, oh, the worst. Nobody likes her. No, she's the worst. There's no reason to like her. My least favorite is the whole Barbie Julia thing. And I've ranted on that over and over and over. I mean, in the book, well, Julia was dead early, early on. And Barbie, they kind of made him out to be the hero that we rooted for in the book. But in the TV show, I keep hoping that somebody's going to kill off the characters of Barbie and Julia. No, 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 no. Be darn quick. I know no, that it won't happen. No, no. They're definitely not killing off Barbie. No Barbie killing. Kill, kill Barbie, 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 kill Barbie. Barbie's get bigger every season. I Leave him. He's getting prettier. He practices yeah. hanging from a truck for 16 kilometers. <laughs> yes. yes, he's getting yes, he prettier every season. Please do not kill off Barbie. <laughs> I say no. How does he get the beard so finely groomed is the question after three weeks. I don't care. Butterflies <laughs> chew on it nightly, just lightly. <laughs> right. That actually makes sense somehow on the show. <laughs> that explanation will happen this season. <laughs> he is my eye candy. I think the, uh, the, Gone. Yeah, the disappointment, I think, I guess is the way I could put it, was they had this really great opportunity with Lyle and when the, what we won't call the smoke monster, grabbing people and pulling them back to Chester's mill from Zenith. And Lyle didn't come along for the ride. 
when they dropped the egg over the cliff and Big Jim, you know, did the oops and there it goes. I thought for sure the reason why Lyle was kept behind was because the dome wanted Lyle to stay behind to catch the egg kind of intercepted on the way through and bring it back to Chester's mill. And when that didn't happen, and then he just shows up in a frozen lake talking about burning flyers and dragons and whatever the hell he was talking about. I was like, that was an opportunity missed. You could have done such a cool thing with saving the egg on the way back through. Yeah, it would have been. That's brilliant, actually. One of the things that uh, I didn't like on season two is that we did not get a whole lot. We got barely got any of Benny. And Ben was, he was the comic relief of season one. He had some of the best lines of season one. And he was nothing in season two. So I'm, I'm really hoping. Refresh me here. Ben is the skater boy, right? Yep. Correct. As well. Yeah. When he came back in season two, he was only in like two episodes, but he was now like a pretty hefty Asian guy. The same actor, but my God, he aged. <laughs> I mean, we didn't recognize him at first. It happens. Uh, running frustration on the podcast, just... How did he yeah. become 40 over I, 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 do think, I do think we had that conversation every week. Yes, you did. But just wait till <laughs> this season. He's probably about six foot three, 32 years old. He did make the trailer. So, I mean, that's a benefit for Benny, I guess. He's, he's, he's getting yeah. his game stepped up. Yeah, I'm hoping he had more of him because he was, he was funny in season one. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, so sure. if we're going to keep comparing the show to Lost, he'll be Walt. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Walt. Short seasons will do that to you. Your, your characters age a whole lot more between in a shorter span of time. So, you know, that's another one of those things. Yeah. There's also Carolyn in season two. We, I don't know what happened to her, but she had uh, Nori, her daughter, was getting into so much trouble, and yet Carolyn was nowhere to be found. I mean, we saw her, I think, in the first episode, and then we didn't see her again until the ninth or tenth episode. And with all the stuff happening with everything, you'd think she'd be around to check on her daughter, but no oh well. She's mourning, but hey, whatever. I'll just let my daughter run around all by herself. Yeah. <laughs> she can't get very far. That's she true. Trapped but under a dome. Yeah. That is true. Like, where is she going to go? Uh, yeah. The other side of town, which is well, do, about a block away. Do it? Remember how they we had the, uh, the mom that was across the water? Do you think they're going to do anything with that? Because there were more houses over there. I mean, are there, is this how we're going to get more people? Yes. <laughs> that's the end of short answer thank you yes no, that, no, the island's gone that's the be... problem the island has been crushed by the moving dome as it comes down oh. it's been moved by benjamin linus no we, we already know that the... do we know that it's been crushed i no. mean the dome's been no. moving but we didn't see it cut that way we already know there's going to be people that show up and it says something to the effect of mysteriously arrived in chester's mill or something to that effect so they come from somewhere else in chester's mill Somebody else's locker. Just so you know, yeah. In the janitor closet. They're right. all covered in orange sawdust because, you know, that they used to clean up barf and they're like, because oh, they, God, we're here. They only have one set every year. <laughs> and <laughs> last year was the school. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, let's let's go into some of the, the writing, the plot, the character characterizations, especially in season two. General hits and misses for you personally. Olivia, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think? What worked or didn't work at all, story-wise? Here's my thing with season two. It didn't work for me because it just was so non-sequitur. Like, every 
single episode kind of existed in a vacuum. Like there, there was no link between the episodes. So like I just kind of went in each week knowing that everything that we covered wasn't really going to have any direct link to the previous episode and it wouldn't link to the next one. And it was just, it was very frustrating because by the time we got to the, the season finale, it just was this jumbled mess of a plot and there were no consistent characterizations and... Oh my gosh. It was fun to watch, but yeah, definitely from like a storytelling perspective. Oh my God. It was a headache. <laughs> oh, I love hearing people talk about this show. It's never, <laughs> you know, this is one of the smartest and most intricately written shows I've seen until it's never that it's like there were butterflies and white light and I don't know what else happened. I don't know what else. <laughs> my favorite is Tuesday mornings when Aaron would actually write me on Facebook messenger and he would say, these ladies on the other side of the cube wall are just ripping on your show. And I was like, good. What are they saying? We need material for the podcast. <laughs> Give me fodder. They would because, see, I, I stopped I stopped watching it for you know, a while and I would catch up. I was, I'm a binge watcher by, by nature. And I've got ladies behind me that, that sit near me where I work. And they would be talking about the show. So I'd overhear their conversation. And it was like the season started off with, oh, my God, it was so cool. It was so cool. And then by about mid-season, it started going just nutty. And they were not happy, and they got less happy and less happy. They started drinking more coffee. I think there was liquor involved by about the finale. So that sounds about right. <laughs> Just put a little recorder there. I don't drink, and I was drinking every episode last summer. <laughs> <laughs> you made a drinking game out of it. Yeah, yeah. Ask Olivia. I, I'd come on the show, and be like, "I just drank a whole thing of wine. Let's go." What What did you guys think about Zenith? Anyone, this, this whole concept of Zenith itself. It that was, was, that was, as I mentioned earlier, that was the thing I liked. Uh, one of the things I liked uh, about this, because it really moved this, the, the plot about the dome, not necessarily about the people and their reaction to it. And I mean, that's, that's part of it, but the plot about the dome got moved forward uh, a lot during those like three or four episodes. It was good. The disappointing part of it though, was that in that first episode, it was such a cool experience when junior, as like the whole place is deserted and the obelisk thing and everybody's like praying to the obelisk, it seems because it's on all the signposts and everything is po the egg is even pointing to the obelisk. And we don't hear about the obelisk for the entire season. And that then, weird acid trip dream that he has. It was, it was cool. Through. I know it was awesome. I and, then, and then he like Barbie shows up in the park and it's like, oh, it's like, you know, the next town over. It was like, yeah, it couldn't be across it, the country or it couldn't have been like in another time zone or mention no that, it's just the next town over that was such I, a terrible payoff yeah i will say that in the future it, too that would have been awesome right yeah i will say yeah if a guy shows up in the middle of a playground supposedly i don't know if, uh, just appearing or falling out of the sky you'd think a few people would turn their head and say what's that no that would make too much sense <laughs> Nobody you cannot you cannot accuse this crowd of being fanboys and fangirls. I will say that. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You no, actually, this is exactly what fanboys and fangirls do. I'm sorry, but this Take is apart. exactly what we do. Yes, <laughs> you have never had a conversation about Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and you know you know the haters the haters are definitely the ones that are well not haters but snarky haters are the ones that are the fans of the show because when the show itself starts throwing things in like it's a giant suck hole from Nori or in the right. preview for the season three. And J big Jim is like, there's nothing good on television anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, definitely. How about big Jim? You, you brought up big Jim. 
Uh, I'm really curious what everybody thought about his. Uh, would you call it an evolution, or would it would it just be his descent into cartoonism? Because as the series, uh, I, I, think, I think your second statement was absolutely accurate. <laughs> I think just yes. <laughs> just yes. Just I, yes. I wouldn't call it evolution. And Although he did grow well. into the role. That's a joke about his stomach. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think Dean Norris is amazing. Um, yeah, he is. I I really do, and I think his character is great to watch. Uh, but he's a he's a caricature. Definitely. Uh, definitely, he's bigger than the screen, and he chews scenery like nobody's business. Uh, and Dean Norris is great at at that. So yeah, a, the the problem I had with his his descent into cartoon it was you know he's going with all this religious uh, overtone and. You know, where is this coming from, you know, from within him, from his character? I, you get the impression that if he is religious at all, it is merely a, you know, a front because everybody else, you know, expects that from, from him or something like that. But you don't get I, – I don't see where this really deeply held commitment to, you know, oh, the dome is – you know, and, and, and almost, you know, like near worship of it. It's like, where is that coming from? We don't have a clue. And that was a little disappointing. Well, in episode four, when he kills Barbie, I mean, spoiler alert, I, <laughs> Big Jim. <laughs> well, we can hope. We can hope. I mean, in the book, I can't give away the spoilery ending, but let's just say in the book, Big Jim kills a lot more people than he's killed on the television show. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the show itself is turning into a comedy, but I have heard and read some rumblings that things are going to be totally different in season three, and we're going to be amazed. Uh, didn't we hear that before, though? Wayne? I was amazed in season two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every I was, week, I was like, what? what are they going to do next? I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've I had was... every type of storm front come through that dome. I don't know what's left. <laughs> well, we've had, what, blood, acid, actual rain, earthquakes. fire, earthquakes. Black tornadoes. ice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Phosphorescent butterflies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and this just, season there's going to be a crap storm. Look out! <laughs> that's just the show. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. I will say, I'll say, one of my high points in this has been the characterization for Barbie. Now, Olivia's, you know, noticing that his uh, that the romance between he and Julia was kind of you know rushed and. Given that, that aside, I think he's, uh, I think he's been a good, uh, a, you know, a foil for Big Jim, but one which has a, a reasonable, you know, uh, motion, you know, motion going forward, a, the, the development of his, um, oh, I don't know, he's, he, he just seemed more believable in the span of the, you know, I guess it's a couple of weeks now, or maybe it's 21 days, I don't know how long the, the, uh, uh, the real time has been, but I think it's been a, a really good, uh, you know, a development of that of that character. He was the bad guy at the beginning, where he had killed uh, Julia's husband, and then now he's kind of, you know, with a good heart. And, all, and it, it's just been a good story for him. But I just haven't seen that too many others. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Stop it, Wayne. Do you think when you look at Dean Norris, he's the only actor in the entire show that realizes he's he's taking it too far? Oh yes. yeah. His yeah. his uh, slee stack impression at the end was awesome because they yeah. knew it was a homage to Land of the Lost. 
<laughs> Land of the Lost. Lost, lost, lost. Now, what about, because you guys, there's no way you're watching this story progress without at least getting behind some of it. And I mean, you're doing entire shows on it. So what story beats or at least throughout the season did you did you really get sucked into that weren't just crazy you thought wow that's a really good twist it's a good turn that's a good character motivation whatever i'll go i think the the hounds of diana edition was interesting at first and then when you found out where it actually ended up it was another great thing that could have been so much more that they just really you know dropped the ball on I, I, quite frankly i mean the guy was interesting, but I really wanted to see more come out of the website itself uh, as a, like a third part, third screen experience type of thing. Um, but I really like the whole concept of Maxine. I can't believe I'm actually saying her name. Wow. <laughs> I like, but I like the concept that Maxine worked for a bigger corporation, this real estate brokering company or something. And then here we saw in Zenith that Acteon Energy was moving into a place that was just recently sold. So my question is, is, is this bigger thing with Maxine and the drug story actually tied into Acteon Energy somehow? That's the one storyline besides where did the dome come from that I think would keep you watching for right now. Wow. Next thing you know, Troy's going to be talking about the Fight Club. We don't talk about <laughs> Can't Fight talk Club. About it. Oh, wait, that might have been my favorite part. Let's go back. <laughs> How about you, Mark? You've been kind of quiet. What about you? Is there any changes you, you're a big fan of? changes i don't know but there was a few things in um season two just plot wise that i just found they they would introduce things and then it would just end like there was no follow-up to them and uh it like an example in i can't remember what episode but when sam and barbie were going into the tunnel and sam took the left and barbie took the right and they both ended up at the same place and and yet when they go back there was no branches or anything there was no way for that to happen they never went back to explain like what was the purpose of that it was just it happened let's move on um then there was uh, uh something like didn't sam at one point we saw that he had the shakes and then we saw that pauline also had the shakes or, or barbie and it just led me to believe that anybody that left the dome dome ended up having something wrong with them get the shakes but they never uh, went any further with that either and of Do course do you think that's something that's going to be uh, they're going to be touched on this season, or well, you just think they left it alone? It's it's so many things they left alone. Just like uh, there was that episode where um, Joe and Nori, Joe pulls out the gun from the desk, and Nori says, "You you know the last time you had a gun, uh, whatever you uh, you were going to shoot Junior or whoever, so put that gun back." And I thought for sure that was like a, one of those Chekhov guns thing, or Chekhov, yeah, exactly, Chekhov's gun where we were going to see later that he pulls out the gun or somebody pulls out the gun, but no, it never went back to that gun. So what was the point of, of that scene of Joe pulling the gun out of the drawer and then showing us that he's putting the gun back unless they come back to it in this season. But that's just a long time for me to do uh, something like that. You usually expect something either that episode or the following episode. And I just found there was a lot of those little plot points that were just left dangling for no reason. Yeah, and the problem with trying to go back to them in season three, then, is because the the viewing audience, it's been a year since you've seen it. And, you know, unless you have a previously on Under the Dome and you recap season two, you're going you're gonna to forget about it. Yeah. Right. And then if they recap it and they show him putting it back in the drawer, 
Well, then you're giving away the fact that they're going to use that gun in this episode. So yes. why even do it? Yeah, exactly. Then it's a, you know, oh, well, they're going to use a gun in this episode. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, you know, what's the point of that? Um, but, yeah. But one of the things I really liked was uh, there were themes sometimes mm -hmm. in the episodes about, like, uh, being reborn. And I talked about this a lot on our podcast, but uh, when people would come out of the water and with the egg and things like that, uh, someone like Melanie uh, was dead, but when she came back to life, she came out of the water. And I did like that they used imagery like that. Um, and uh, Doug and I did talk about it. And I, I kind of dug that I made Doug go, Wow, that's really smart. Uh, so <laughs> that was a fun part <laughs> of doing it is picking up on that sort of thing uh, and and to pick up on tropes that they used as well, like the Chekhov's gun. Uh, and whenever there was a butterfly, like there, um, oh, what is her name? Uh, Angie, Angie had a butterfly tattoo. And then later on, they talked about the monarch. Uh, you know, it all kind of tied in together. So uh, they would do these trope things throughout, and, and it would be cool to pick up on those sort of Easter egg things. Uh, so I hope they do more of that, but I don't like the missing threads, as uh, Mark was saying. That, that really bothers me. I, I agree with him, especially about that gun thing, uh, about the shaking, about the seizures. They never, ever went back to the seizures. I mean, that was literally just to have them say something about stars. And and then it was completely gone. Um, and they they were bleeding and they had the shakes when they went to Zenith. And then all of a sudden they're cured and we never hear anything about it. Um, I, you know, mm. I don't get it. So. so I think you're right, Karen. I, I think that one problem with the show is they are missing that continuity. It doesn't seem like somebody is watching continuity. It seems like they're throwing ideas out there. They're like, what can we do this week? And things are going away that shouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. you, you, you take a, a show like Breaking Bad. We're talking about Dean Norris. So you take a show like Breaking Bad. All those little things that happened throughout had a reason. And right. when they came back, it was appropriate. Here, I don't think we're going to see them laying on the floor shaking. I don't think no. we're going to get another awesome scene of Joe while they're having the seizure sitting up and putting his, his uh, finger to his mouth and saying, shh. Yeah. Me either. And that and was fantastic. What was that? And right. And it's yeah. good. It's all well and good that we don't because that's too far in the past. It, right. It's but gone they, should, they shouldn't have let it go, though. Right. They, right. They, or they should that's have been a problem. In the first place. Either, either or. You know, don't put it in or don't drop it. Yeah. And I have a feeling this year that that hole going to Zenith will be covered up and now they'll have another. Portal. Oh, yeah. It's, it's this stuff is all wiped clean. Everything. Yeah, and it's like, you know, same. But it's the same problem. It's like now they don't even need continuity from the last season. So, you know, maybe that's the, the route. Maybe they will have it from day one of season three. And maybe we can live with that. But I don't have high hopes. OK. Well, no high hopes. Sounds like uh, some some thoughts about season three right there. <laughs> Let's just jump into season three and predictions and what you want you want to see, what you think you're gonna see. Are you gonna see some continuity and maybe some clarity? I'm I'm hoping for clarity. Olivia, <laughs> what about you? You've been quiet for a little bit. What do you, what do you want to see this season? 
Oh my gosh, I don't even know at this point. You know, I'm I'm kind of watching this show with just kind of a sick fascination <laughs> at this point. You know, I'm I'm not really going in with any expectations. Uh, I kind of just want to see. I I ideally would love to see continuity, and I would love to see again like storylines that link up and characters that seem a little bit more genuine. But then the part of me that's watching the show as a comedy kind of just wants to see what happens. <laughs> it's like Big Bang Theory under the dome. Basically. <laughs> That's funny. Now, Troy, you've got crazy theories. You always do. What do you think the light is? Oh, man. The light is a really interesting thing because we've seen it a couple times. And I think it, I have to say, it has to do something with the ghost figures around potentially like an echo of some kind. Like I feel from what I've seen of the season three extended trailer and what we've known so far that it's going to be some sort of like echo flash which may have been caused because of the bomb hitting the dome uh, back in, was that four or five um, in season one? And because of that, I think we're going to see like reflections of each other. So maybe what happens is, is that when they cross through into the light at the end of season two, they're actually going into a different time or space. And because of that, they're actually going to be the people communicating with themselves, if you will. Like when Joe was talking to Joe in the woods, or when they saw Alice in season one or Angie or, um, or Dodie, maybe it's like themselves talking to themselves is my prediction. Troy, can you write the show, please? <laughs> It'll probably turn out to be nothing but a white light. Exactly. That's it. I'll walk through it, get on the other side and that's it. But we ended both seasons the same way with a bright white light. So that has yeah. to be significant. Well, <laughs> let's hope to. it is. Well, it based on the special effects budget, maybe not. Nothing has to be significant. Somebody maybe forgot to turn the camera on the other side, so it just you know, right. didn't, didn't pan Melanie out. Melanie comes into the room from behind that wall, and then she moves aside, and there's a big spotlight behind her. That's it. <laughs> it's a traffic stop. Wow. You're on the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're seeing through well, the elevator. What I'm hoping to find out is how many people are really still trapped on the other side of that ravine in Chester's Mill with Big Jim. Is it just going to be, what was it, Big Jim... Barbie yeah, it looked like a couple of people, and that was it. But it looked like it was just are, the three. That's yeah. <laughs> what I think, but I have a feeling... That'll be an exciting you know, some show. Of these, some of these new cast additions, I think we're going to find a lot more people in Chester's Mill trapped left behind that we didn't know about. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play that off. And uh, will Julie uh, finally get over Barbie, knowing that he's on his way to death in season four, uh, episode four or five? I'm not sure. We'll Shut have to wait up, and see Wayne. what happens. I only got one thing to say to that, Wayne. No! <laughs> Agreed, Troy. Uh, what about you, Karen? Karen, that's a very bad Julia impression. It was a really uh, bad. No, <laughs> Karen, what? What about you? What are you hoping for this season? Uh, I'd like to see stronger arcs, um, more uh, carry through, obviously, um, and even if they're short, like three episode arcs, that would be good. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing these um, Spectre sort of characters come back. Like maybe Jeff Fahey as Duke come back to tell them some, something. Or, um, you know, like we had some of those happen last season. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. And uh, I do I also miss uh, Esquivel and, uh, and Angie and them, you know, come back and warn them from the past or from the future or from whatever alternate reality they're in or, you know, I think it would be cool. Uh, why not get a paranormal 
sort of vibe going on this show. It's silly already, right? Um, you know. And they could bring Officer Randolph back with him as well. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> he was awesome. You want Randolph? Okay. Yes, he was awesome. Uh, Rob, what about you? What do you want to see? You know, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I, I really don't have anything. You know, it, it, it went so far off the rails last season. I've been, I, I, I saw the questions today, and I was thinking about this. And I literally can't come up with something other than I just want to see more crazy stuff. I want Big Jim to go nuts, and I want Junior to go back to being insane Junior. He almost got his redemption, was almost a hero in this. I don't want that. I want Crazy Junior. What? You mean when he shot his dad in, like, the sleeve? Yeah. And then, and I mean, come away? on, man. Come on, man. Let's let's get crazy. I want Crazy Junior. Lock somebody up in a, in a bunker. Be borderline personality. I like it all, man. See, that's another thing. In season one, Junior, he was having headaches. He was having problems. You knew there was something physically wrong with him. Yeah, and he then, should have been dead by season two. But season two? He, Nothing. He not. he, you know, he didn't complain about headaches. He didn't anything. It was, anyways, another plot oh, thing oh, that let fall. I know something else I'd like on? to see. I, I, I want to see that that police uniform continue through every episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> move, move from person to person. You know, that person, it's like a red shirt. Oh, like like on Roseanne, how she had the chicken shirt, and sometimes Jackie had it, and sometimes no, Dan no. had it. Literally, like a red shirt. Whoever wears it is dead by the end of the episode, and then it goes to the next person who is meant to be the policeman. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to wear it. You wear it. I'm not gonna right. wear it. <laughs> it is a CBS property tied to Paramount. You never know. That's right. I want to make sure everybody gets, gets their their piece in here because this is always a fun one for people. So Doug, what do you want to see this season? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see more answers. I think that's kind of the running gag here that we get all these, uh, setups, but no answers. Another one I had, I had thought of was, um, the vision that the forehand saw of big Jim bleeding and the kids, you know, seeing this, the, the knives in their hands, you know, that's uh was that a season one or season two? I don't recall, but, uh, one, one? Yeah, okay. that, was, that was season one. So, I mean, we've gone a whole year and still haven't seen a payoff on that. Most people are not going to remember that. So, yeah, I would like to see at least some uh, recognition that there are some, you know, outstanding questions. Let's, let's deal with them. Um, and, of course, I, th I, I think the origin of the Dome is going to be based on, like I said, the trailer. I think we're going to get something like that. I just really hope it's uh, it's worth the it, – that, that it's a payoff worthy of waiting this long. Mm, me too. <laughs> too. Uh, Mark, I, th I don't know if you got a chance to go. You just pointed out a bunch of obvious, uh, really bad problems with the scripts. Yeah, but <laughs> what do you want to see? In season three, uh, two things. First of all, I would really like to see more deaths. Call me morbid or whatever, but if you've read the book, it seems like every chapter somebody was dying. And we had a few deaths at the beginning. And then season two, barely anybody, except for like, you know, Jim killed a couple of people. Um, and, but other than that, the dome itself didn't kill or, or just being trapped there. I wanted to see like every time they'd say, you know, oh, who's going to survive? Who's going to survive? And then the episode would go by and everybody survived. And I, I really would like it to parallel more of the books where we get, we see how dire it is where people are starving. They're, they're running out of air and, and they're just, 
dropping dead. I mean, if you've read the book, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot That's of people. A good idea. Let's have everybody drop dead. <laughs> but well, it, it's true. That, it is a Stephen King property. In the book, I mean, most of the town doesn't survive. And yet in here, we still have almost every citizen of the town is still still alive, save for what? We've probably lost 20 in the two seasons. Well, that's because of budget cuts. There was only yeah. 20 extras that could get paid this year. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I really want is I really hope they hire a better science advisor. Oh. <laughs> she was amazing. What's wrong with you? The only reason she was on the show was for the payoff of, oh my gosh, Melanie exists in both times. She's two <laughs> hands. That's all, we, not, that's all she was needed for, for the entire I'm season. Not talking about, I'm not talking about Rebecca. I'm just talking about overall somebody to... Oh, that, actual science. An actual science advisor because... Oh, no, you can't have real science in this show. It has no place. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? I mean, you show me an airplane that scrapes its wing along the, the dome there and doesn't cartwheel into the dome itself? Come on. That's that would have been great. Plus the lightning rod thing and there was like a hundred other things the scientism thing right it's the blood rain she says well all i have to do this and it'll stop so she pours this stuff in the lake and all of a sudden the rain stops falling are, right are, like doesn't right. this stuff have to evaporate it has to actually it? work right right yeah i mean there were a hundred things that like in five seconds just me personally and i'm not a scientist at all debunked it in my head and i'm yeah. like okay <laughs> who is writing this crap so yeah, plus it was the, Rebecca delivering it. The issue with the deaths, though, I mean, I understand what you're saying as compared to the book, but as Olivia has said, this is pretty much turned into a comedy, and that you know to have, I think that would be kind of a cognitive dissonance. Not that we don't have that already, but it just wouldn't fit the the mood. I guess it doesn't really. Um, uh, it doesn't really further that. That that's the the mood. Like I said, the mood of the uh, of the show. The yeah, but as you just, said, it, yeah, they've turned it into a comedy. But it's not meant to be a comedy, and I don't think they set out to make a comedy. It's just that's the way the viewer is perceiving it. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are just taking it at face value and and laughing it off, like we all are. Well, but, for example, in the book, there's no four hands touching an egg. No. No. Well, there's any no kind of spaceship. The egg cracks me up. The egg cracks me up. All right, well, let's go around and basically everybody gets their gets their shot. So when I say your name, you can say your favorite and your least favorite character on the show, and they can be living or dead. I don't think it really matters. Um, and we'll start with you, Karen. Who's your favorite and least favorite? And you can explain why. And feel free, everybody, to jump in with your own additions to what they're saying. Feel free. My favorite. Really? Do I have to say it? The guy with the guns? Barbie, yes. Hello. It's such a manly uh, name. It is. We have a Barbie of the week on our show. <laughs> and he comes with, like, you know, batteries not included. It's that kind of Barbie. That so. sounds inappropriate. And your, your least favorite? <laughs> it is inappropriate. You are correct. My least favorite. Um, really, honestly, it's Rebecca. I can't think of a character I hate more. Than Rebecca, I hated her like flames at the side of my face, burning, sighing, heaving flames. <laughs> I love wow. Clue. I love yeah. Clue. Me too. <laughs> Beautiful reference. <laughs> oh, high five! Internet high five! Internet high five! That's what Lyle was doing. He was watching Clue. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Wayne, what about you, Wayne? Who's your favorite and least favorite, and why? 
Oh, now I have to explain why too. Why not? My favorite. I'm I'm gonna go with Lyle. Lyle Chumley was so unique, so creative, and although he did have a very suspect ending, that he was just a great addition. He, it's hard to believe that some of the best acting in season two, just in my humble opinion, was from a country singer with the Bakersfield sound. I thought Dwight Yoakam did a fantastic job, and it was just so different than anything I could have imagined from the book. And the least favorite character, although, so Karen already stole my first choice, so my next <laughs> least favorite character, Melanie. I, I When she died and then she's back yet again, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. They're going home though. So that's good, yeah, right? Allegedly. Going home. She's I a liar. She's a liar. What about you, Rob? Favorite, least favorite? Boy, well, you've taken both of mine. Uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna uh boy, Rebecca's the worst. I'm gonna go with that right there. Uh, I I found her to be so displeasing throughout the season. At first it was funny. Then it got to be just so annoying that it it kind of derailed the show for me. Mm. Uh, favorite is a toss-up. Uh, I actually was going to say Dwight Yoakam also because I thought, surprisingly, he was acting on this show. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I thought that when I saw he was going to be on it, I thought, this is going to be fun. He's going to be interesting. And he was. The ending for him was really bad, but the rest of it was cool. I, I found him to be really interesting. But... I, I suppose since he's gone, uh, not forgotten, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, with Junior because it's been a love-hate relationship with Junior. But he's a fun one to talk about. He's interesting. Uh, I, you know, If Crazy Junior can come back, I'm all on board with him. So there we go. All right. Mark, what about you, Mark? Favorite, least favorite? Well, favorite character... Um... I'm going to say Joe. Uh, I just like his enthusiasm. Uh, he does make some crazy decisions and that, but I just like the the, the enthusiasm of youth, um, his, his whole infatuation with Nori, and the, just his brains. Uh, I mean, he's the smartest kid and smartest person in town, and uh, I'm really enjoying him. As far as least favorite, R Rebecca, if... Out of the dead characters, Rebecca, I just, I just didn't like her and everything. She always said everything so serious, and she was so high on herself and thinking she was so all, almighty. And then I also agree with Melanie. And Melanie, not so much for the character, but the portrayal. Uh, I just, I can't stand the way she's always whispering everything as if it's some big secret. No matter what she's saying, she's always. It is a big secret. But it, it, we're it's going like, home. Yeah, you're telling, me, like, you're telling me that you're my brother. So I, I just don't like the. Uh, I don't know if I, I. I don't remember seeing her in anything else. So I don't know how she acts in anything else. But I just didn't like the acting uh, of that of, of her, whatever her name is. Okay, Doug. Favorite, least favorite. Well, my least favorite and least favorite are gonna be swapped around with some other folks here. That's fine. My my most favorite was Melanie, and I'll tell you why. Um, as you may have picked up, I really like the 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 myth arc that is going on here. Want to hear more about that? Not so much about 
how crazy Junior is this week and how insane, uh, you know, Big Jim is this week. And it's, it's, okay, whatever. They're nuts. Fine. Let's go on. Let's move let's move the plot forward. So I liked Melanie in her as her um, her purpose was to get, you know, a lot of that moving across and, and, and discoveries based on the fact oh, she found her in the yearbook and all that business. So I liked I liked how that uh, character was used. Yeah, again, maybe not the acting, but uh, but I but I liked uh, I liked her purpose in getting the uh, the plot moving forward. My least favorite, I can't say Rebecca because for me she was a very one dimensional character. She did not have you know a whole lot to her. She was just like most people have been saying. You know, she was there to be uh, uh, the science uh, sciencey person and explaining the weird stuff and not really doing a good job of it. So kind of one dimensional. I, my least favorite is Junior because there is so much potential there, and he's just been not written very well, frankly. And I, like I said, I with his with his shifting moods and his shifting um, uh, motivations constantly, with no real explanation of why they went one way or the other. He seemed to every, nobody in the in town seemed to think he was nuts until the dome came down, and all of a sudden, he's nothing but nuts. And it just seemed like that was a, a quick flip and then he flips again week to week so that's a lot of potential not realized okay olivia favorite oh, least man. favorite i have to go with big jim as my favorite um i just think he's so ridiculous and so flamboyant <laughs> and so like monomaniacal and the fact that he cannot seem to get a shirt that fits which is i think <laughs> <laughs> I think he's evil because he needs to get a shirt that doesn't, you know, fit like four times too small. <laughs> That's amazing, Olivia. He thinks he works out. That's my theory that I've been working on. Um, I think my least favorite, I'm kind of jumping on the the Rebecca bandwagon. I can't with her. I love how everyone kind of seemingly forgot that she like tried to commit genocide one episode and they were like, <laughs> right. <laughs> they decided to like sweep that, you know, under the rug or under the dome or wherever they decided to put that. When the sun sets on Chester's mill, all is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, that totally was fine that she wanted to, you know, wipe out the entire town. <laughs> so I can't, I can't with Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Troy, you're the last favorite and least favorite. I'll be totally different. Um, I'm going to say Angie because she was awesome in season one, and I was really pissed off that she was the one that ended up getting whacked in the first episode um, because I thought that her craziness that kind of went on that she had in season one, I thought she, her character was going to be more, especially because of that. I think it was a butterfly tattoo. I wasn't quite sure. Yep, it was a butterfly tattoo. Oh, of course it was. Everything cool has butterflies in the show. So Yep. Um, yeah, so Angie... Personally, but obviously Dwight Yoakam was fabulous. Uh, love Lyle's character, uh, even though I don't know where he was all of season one. Just sitting in the barbershop waiting for customers, I guess. Um, least favorite, I'm going to have to go with Phil in season two. I felt that Phil was very interesting. The backstory with his whole gambling thing and how he tied into Barbie and Maxine and that whole thing in season one, I thought was great. And then he just became Big Jim's lapdog and couldn't think for himself. And then just the, the weirdness at the food pantry. And yeah, so Phil kind of dropped off for me because Rebecca is in a different class. <laughs> yeah, good choices. And, and no, nobody picked Julia for anything. No. She's mm -hmm. not good or bad. She's just bleh. Is that yeah. what you're saying? In the middle. Wow. Wearing so the pretty on the outside of her. Yes. <laughs> 
And Bart, every time, every time she's, she's every time she's on, all I keep thinking is, look at her gorgeous locks. Yes. Her hair. All the That's women it. had great hair. I don't, I don't know where they were washing it every week. The magic of the oh, doll. Lyle's gone. Things are going to go south for him. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. She Poor Barbie. Not... He's going to be all scruffy now. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> it's all right. She did not go to Lyle to get her hair done. And you know what? I'm okay with Barbie being scruffy. Oh. Maybe, maybe there'll be a hair, a female hairdresser that's going to show up this season. <laughs> maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Watch your hair in the lake. That's yes, who they're indeed. bringing in from CSI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I give a, a shout out. My favorite char- new character from season two was uh, Hunter. I, I enjoyed oh, him. Yeah, me too. Uh, just the way his enthusiasm about the dome. He was so uh, excited about everything. Even going to, to visit the dome, he was all... Like yes, he had his own agenda and and everything, but I just I like the his enthusiasm and his uh, the adventure of the whole thing that the way he saw it. So I enjoyed him. May I give a counterpoint to that? Sure, sure. Um, I think Brett Cullen was a great casting decision, but he was very badly used in season two. I yes. love Brett Cullen, but uh, his character was so badly used. So as a counterpoint to that. Poor Brett Cullen. <laughs> Poor Brett Cullen. Yeah, as Don Barbara. Now, I don't know who here has read the book on, on the, our little panel. So anybody can chime in to this question, okay? So whoever has actually read the book. Are there storylines from the book you still want to see that haven't been covered? Anyone? The whole book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe that part that says the end. I, I it, does very, it does very greatly. I mean, even as soon as you're past the first chapter, it's different. And, and as far as that goes, as soon as you're like halfway through the first chapter, it's different. So, yeah, any part of it really. <laughs> right? I mean, well, look at it. A- Angie didn't survive the first chapter of the books. So. No, no, not Maybe at all. Maybe all we've seen is the first chapter. This is going to go on for like 17 years. <laughs> I, I know. I'm willing to bet money it is not. I'm willing to bet money it does not. No. They're gonna have to keep going crazier and crazier just to make, uh, just to get internet memes and other things going for them. Do we have any uh, predictions as to how many seasons this will run? Three. Three. Yep. <laughs> I'm on board with three. Depends. Three on is one. probably pretty accurate. Although I thought it was gonna be canceled after two. You know, this thing, it, it could go five years. We don't know. But I, I think this is going to be it. I'm hoping. It got good ratings last year, though, for a summer series. So Does CBS own this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then it could go four or five. It really depends. It I mean, could, the ratings yeah, hold up. It made a lot of money. It made a lot of money for them. So, I mean, as long as it's making money, I don't think they really care how much crabbing we do about it. They're going to keep it going. Right. Yeah, the international market's there, and the Amazon check keeps coming and clearing. Right. You're good. They would right. never put it on in the regular season, though. I mean, it's a summer season. Oh, oh, man. Man. oh Can never. you imagine 24 episodes of this? Oh. No. no. Or how about 26 and we get 13 in the winter, too? No. Oh. Never. No. Let's not even put that thought out there. No. This is <laughs> a summer right. show. Always. Summer show. What about uh, thoughts on Eric LaSalle as a CEO of Action Energy? Apparently he's directing episode nine this season. Yeah, he's a new cast addition. So I, I I paused because obviously Pauline was from the ER club, and now we have Eric LaSalle is actually going to be on the show, not just in a director uh, stint. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, 
Neil's going to bring in his friends because that's what Neil knows. And DR was on for a long time, so it must have worked. I guess the bigger question is going to be, you know, how does the CSI crew play into this with um, Marge coming in? Yeah. George Clooney's coming up next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, well, after well, Tomorrowland, Julia, Julia Margulies, right? She's on the CBS. She could come make a guest appearance and promote The Good Wife. Sure. Yeah. These are a lot of optimistic things that you guys are talking about. <laughs> but Eric, Eric LaSalle's character, he's he's not just going to be a guest. He's, according to IMDb, he'll be in every episode. He's, so. the, he's like the big bad dude. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to see him a lot. And I actually like him as an actor. So uh, He's I'm a very good actor. That's very exciting. So, in closing, closing thoughts. Any anybody have any closing thoughts on Under the Dome season three or Reflection Back season two? You want to make sure to get in there before we're done. Anyone? Well, although a lot of shows are truly about you know the characters, you know, not necessarily answers. I do want to see some answers. I want to know what the dome is, where it's from, why we've got this stinking egg. And I want to know if Acteon Energy is like the Widmore Industries from Lost and that they are actually orchestrating the whole thing. Just we need at least those answers. Don't you agree? Something. Well, they absolutely. Claim, they claim that uh, the the writers or whoever producers claim that in the pilot season three pilot, we're finally going to find out the truth behind the dome. The answer. Now, do you guys believe we're actually going to get the full answer and know exactly no. Dome is? No. Why, why would we then? Then why are we watching this show after that point? Right. Absolutely not. No. Unless they can inc- create a whole new set of questions. Uh, okay. Now we know that you know aliens from Mars have done it. Well, what's their motivation? You know, but they really have to sell it. They really got to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But on the same token, they do. They have to sell it, but they also have to give something because I think after the backlash, and they took huge, huge backlash last season. I think they have to give something to the audience and they have to whet the appetite again to even get them invested again. It, to, to make this a water cooler show again, they have to give you something to entice you to come back. And it, just being crazy isn't going to do it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think they're going to give us just enough to get us invested. And and then we're going to have to try and decode the rest of the story, as it were. Uh R.I.P. Paul Harvey, but <laughs> and no one will get that. That's I little, got it. I got it. Oh yeah. All the old people got it. Okay. Um, hey 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 hey. Older, Whoa. older. Radio oh, people, ah. radio people got it. Radio. Olivia is like what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <poor laughs> Paul <Olivia>. Harvey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm I'm just hoping that they close up a few threads and maybe keep the show tighter this season really that we really need a tighter show and if there's one thing i have to ask is i want to see troy and wayne in full body armor with swords and help (laughs) please why why because of our monikers they're sirs warping under the dome (laughs) they are sir troy and sir wayne okay we have to acquire it troy when we go to a packers game that's our outfit (laughs) Or just stand close enough together and take a picture so that I can Photoshop you guys. <laughs> I don't think you can bestow knighthood upon yourself. I don't know what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure that's one of them. We weren't. The, 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 the fans. Fans. The no, fans a fan did it. 
Oh, very nice. Yeah, we didn't make this up ourselves. Sure, you did. Did you pay your fans? Because that doesn't count. That might have been the case, but I don't know. Surprisingly, it was the Queen Mother that was a fan and knighted you guys. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. That the, is impressive. The Queen Mother is going to call in with her Barbie of the Week <laughs> right. five with the Rest in Peace Barbie, complete with his own uh, glow-in-the-dark coffin. Oh, no. Sorry. No, that's, that's Barbie's dream coffin, isn't it? Barbie dream coffin, <laughs> Only and Wayne and Troy have contributed several Barbies of the week, which we loved. Which we do appreciate, absolutely. Yes. And uh, if you guys do listen at all, we we love to get those Barbies of the week from other podcasters because it, it helps us tie things together with you guys um, and also our listeners. Um, but, like, if there's something interesting that Barbie does in the week, uh, we do this, you know, Barbie of the week. Uh, one of them was when he had a fight. Barbie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's his son doing the Barbie of the week intro. One week he had a, a, bar, a bare-fisted fight, and it was bare-fisted Barbie with... Um, Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so we do something like that every week. And assault we and people, battery not included. Assault and battery that was it assault and batteries not included <laughs> that was my favorite one so yeah we do stuff like that every week it's fun and then of course you know wayne and troy or sir wayne and sir troy Aww, so. well why don't you guys uh plug your shows real quick so that everybody that's listening that likes all of your shows or just one of your shows they know where to find everybody's show so whoever wants to speak for your respective show i think we have what three or four four here total right Total shows? Something like that. All right. We, uh, Karen and I do the Chester's Mill Gazette, one Z, two Ts. It is at goldenspiralmedia.com slash doom. Okay. Rob, Olivia? Well, we do the Chester's Mill Report, and it's on Southgate Media Group. And you can find us on our website, on Stitcher, on iTunes, everywhere. Uh, and uh, Martha will be on, even though she's kicking and screaming her way into it. Uh, she will be on, so we'll have the trio back. Perfect. Is it, is it because of the last season? Is that why she's? Oh yeah, man. She she was having a hard time by the end, and even with the preview, she's going. I don't know if I can do it. It is a commitment. It is a yeah. commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, where can people find you? Well, you could find me. It's the Under the Dome podcast, and I'm at solotalkmedia.com. And the easiest place to find me is on Twitter at solotalkmedia. Yay. And it's just me. No co-host. It's just me. That's why it's the solo. Exactly. Oh, you've got some dulcet tones, man. That's right. Uh, and Troy Wayne. One of you has to talk. That's how this works. <laughs> Never. Okay, Never. I'll take care. <laughs> you can, of course, find Under the Dome Radio at underthedomeradio.com and all the usual places. We are a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network, and we look forward to many shenanigans this coming season, let me tell you. There'll be a couple. Eh? And people don't use the word shenanigans nearly enough. No. no. Or wacky hijinks, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, hijinks, hijinks and shenanigans go hand in hand. They it's really true, do. they do. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Under the Dome panel, guys. I want to thank Doug, Karen, Mark, Olivia, Rob, Troy, Wayne, and I'll thank myself just for the heck of it. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for everybody being here. I, I hope season three is as... Actually, I hope it's crazier. 
I really want it to be the kind of show where people are just in the streets screaming, throwing their televisions on the ground because they just have no idea what happened. That, that, that's good TV. <laughs> Doesn't it sound good? The crazier it is, the more we want a podcast about it. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> it's like I want to wake up in the morning and talk to Doug immediately. Oh, my God, Doug, did you see what happened? <laughs> and I will have missed it, I'm sure. Uh, well, everybody, check out all those shows. They love to talk about the Dome. You can hear it. There's there's four shows for you to choose from. Listen to all of them because they're all great. We'll talk to all of you about Chester's Mill this season. Well, it was sure fun hanging out with all of our friends under the Dome, trapped here in Chester's Mill. We can't wait for the season to start. Remember, make sure you follow us on Twitter at UTD Radio Podcast. We'll be live tweeting every Thursday night when the Dome airs. And we want to make sure that you're in on the fun. Of course, you can join up for the Facebook page. Just search for us there under the Dome Radio on Facebook. And of course, you may even hear a few clamors this year. Check that out at clamor.com. Make sure you get the app for iOS. There'll be a web version and Android version soon. So get the clamor and then you can uh, make fun of us and remix all the little clips that we're going to be putting out throughout the season. Yes, since we last spoke, this Clamor app lets you take up to 18 seconds from a show or a podcast or even just record your own voice and share it out. Especially, it's kind of like a Twitter for audio clips. And with the insanity that happens on Under the Dome, basically, the Clamors are going to write themselves. Oh, it's going to be a fantastic season. Well, until we see you in three weeks, you can find me at Troy Heinrichs on Twitter. And I'm at Wayne Henderson on Twitter. And we're reminding you, as always, be sure you stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.